Awesome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Thank you guys all for joining us at a special time this Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we're normally uh, putting the show on at about 9 p.m. Eastern. And today, we're going on at 6 p.m. Eastern because we have a special guest. Gee, you ready for this guest? Dude, I'm pumped, man. I'm I posted it. I was like, dude, this is a freaking honor. Yeah, yeah. So we have Steve Trang on the show. Guys, I'm Dom. And I'm G. And this is the, the Cash Geeks Network. And Warren, let's put Steve on in and let's just go to work. Yo. Steve, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for bearing with my schedule. I appreciate it. It means a lot. No worries. No worries. More than a pleasure to have you on. And I'm excited to just go in and just pick apart your brain because that's that's one of the things that's uh, for Gonzalo and myself, that's like our little hack to this show. Obviously, we want to provide value to everyone that's watching and give back to the local community and the community in general. But it's also our secret way to be able to pick the brains of the people that we look up to. Ah, you learned my secret. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do with my podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We learned a lot from it. Awesome. So you ready for us, Steve? Let's go. Awesome. Awesome. So really quick, obviously, it's probably not a big deal to talk about uh, a little bit about your real estate investment company and just ask some questions about it and just pick your brain on it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So your the name of your real estate investment company is Max Cash Offers. It is. Nice. OK. And so, you guys have been in business for how long? Uh, we partnered up in April of 18. April okay. of 18. So how did that work? How did that partnership work? Because I'm super intrigued on that. Um, I feel like you're involved in multiple businesses uh -huh. and you are able to leverage others in those businesses. Absolutely. Like you bring on sharks, you know? I mean, that's um, the only way to do it. We only work with A players. Yeah. 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 So um, tell me about that partnership, how it started. Um, yeah. So I would just say, first of all, I started uh, on my own, you know, 2010, 2011, doing my own um, wholesaling as a side hustle. You know, I'm a realtor. Um, for, at that time I was, you know, hundred percent realtor and all my wholesale deals were really just opportunities for me to get more listings, you know? So yeah, right. I was doing pay-per-click. I just straight up stole everything from Sean Terry, from his websites to his keywords, oh, yeah. to his ads. Right. I mean, everything. And he gave it away freely, but I didn't know he was giving away freely because I didn't know who he was. So I was just stealing it on the side, you know, using keyword spy as a tool. Stealing um, free information. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And so I brought Max Jimenez in in 2016 to work for me. So he was a caller. So he was someone to follow up with all the pay-per-click leads. So you take the leads, you book the appointments and my team would go to the appointments. Um, and after about a month and a half, oh, and I, I can say in an interview, he shared with me, he's like, Hey, just so you know, my dream is to be a wholesaler. So like, uh, I'm going to work with you, but at some point I'm going to quit. Right. I was like, okay, that's fair. You know, if that's, if that's your goal, that makes sense. I appreciate you being honest with me and I'll teach you everything I know about wholesaling. Right. Cause even though I wasn't big, I was doing it. Right. And so he worked with me for about a month and a half and he's like, Hey, we got to talk. I was like, about what? <laughs> and he says, I closed my first deal. I'm out. <laughs> that's that's our biggest fear as uh, wholesale company operators with the people that uh, we do our deals through our team members, right? Our biggest yeah. fear is that we build them up and they start doing incredible and then go off on their own. And then we have to start from scratch again. Yeah. So and that's going to happen at that point. I was happy for him, to be honest with you. I mean, mm -hmm. he told me that's what he wanted. And right. 
I have this thing, you know, we're kind of the oddball, um, I know in our industry, but we don't have a non-compete in our contract. Um, like you can't side hustle while you work with us, but right. um, we don't have a non-compete, right? If you leave us to go compete against us, like whatever, like good luck. That's kind of our mindset. Mm. Uh, but also our business is going to be so robust that um, you shouldn't ever want to leave. You know, like you look at the, um, I think each and every person that works with you, even the people watching this right now and people in general, their number one responsibility is to take care of themselves. And my job as a business owner is to make working underneath me the best thing for you, right? Hmm. So as long as I can make it so that you work working with me is the best thing for you, I shouldn't have to worry about you leaving. Uh, but with all that being said, Max left uh, in 2016, not that long after he worked with me. But we kept in touch, and I said the same thing. I said the same thing to him, like you know, wish the best. If anything kind of changes, let me know. And when I first hired him, I kind of knew I had something. And, I, and my vision for him in the future was to eventually run the investment arm of my business. And so we kept in touch, you know, he was doing deals, he was having success, I could see on Facebook and so on. Um, but as we kept in touch, you know, I, I, I kind of sensed something was off, I reached out to him and he's like, you know, I'm kind of upset, what's going on, you know, went to Starbucks. And basically his partner was like, hey, look, the business isn't where we need it to be. We need to bring in a third partner. Max not excited about this. And at this point, Max was a 40% partner. And the guy's like, look, we need another person to hustle. So we're going to bring this new guy in at 25%. You're going down to 25%. I'll be 50, you know, from a 60, 40. So I was talking to Max about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, this is what's going on. I asked him, well, what, do you, what, what are you responsible for? Max says, well, I'm responsible for marketing. I said, okay. Uh, going to the appointments. All right. Locking up the contracts. Okay, sounds pretty good so far. Um, dispositioning the deal. Okay. <laughs> and if we take it down, I need to deal with the contractors. And I said, for 40%? He said, yeah. I said, I'll do that. Mm. And so like a month later, he left that partnership and then we partnered up. And we started at 60-40 for a long time. Uh, but after a year, I was like, you know, I don't feel good about this. Like we got to make it, like you're doing literally everything. So we got to make you a 50, 50. And right now still, this is still the case. So, you know, uh, we're, everything is 50, 50, uh, but he's the superstar. He runs the show. Um, he has to deal with the day-to-day -day stuff. Whereas literally I'm involved, you know, we have a one hour level time meeting on Mondays and then throughout the week, if he needs anything, he lets me know. But for the most part, it's Max's baby. And, you know, we call it max cash offers. And that was actually my idea. So I was like, hey, we should call it Max Cash Offers. That's an you know, incredible kind of, name. Kind of play off your name. And he's like, I don't know. It's like, what don't you know? <laughs> it's a good brand. Use your name. Like, let's run with it. So I had to sell him on the idea of Max Cash Offers. Nice. That's unbelievable. There's a, a bunch of interesting things that you said. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you said that you guys are the oddball in the industry. Why would you say that? Because we don't have a non-compete. Like a lot, a lot of guys I know uh, have a non-compete language, right? Where, and legally they're barely even enforceable anyway, but people put it in there because it's got teeth. Yep. So yeah. if you yeah. want to get out of it, you got to go through an attorney and all this stuff. People are like, I'd rather just not deal with it. So we don't have that in our contracts. Got yeah. it. Got it. Another thing that you said is you only work with A players. I think it took us a really long time to figure that out. 
in the beginning, we had a big drive into kind of McDonald'sing the process of, of wholesaling of, of the deal, right? Mm -hmm. So we just had an enormous amount of people in here, everyone doing a different part of the deal, the deal going through a assembly line, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and we tried hiring people at, for very low wages. Um, and plug and we play. wanted more for people than they wanted for themselves. Yep. And that's entirely changed. Would you agree with that? And we are very, very selective at this point. Mm -hmm. And the hires that have impressed us the most, we hold everyone up to that standard or more, or else we're not going to hire them on. So Absolutely. how do you uh, move forward with only hiring A players? Uh, so we have a pretty strict hiring process. Um, and so the first thing we do is, you know, we post our ads on social media, Indeed, whatever. And that's not a secret, right? Uh, and then for them to apply for us, we, they have to go through a job form. And the job form uh, has a, has three things in here. Uh, first thing it says that I understand this is a full-time position, right? Because you get these guys that are like, can I do this on the side? Uh, we have, you. I understand that um, I need to prospect three hours every day. And I understand that all trainings and meetings are mandatory. And the reason why we put those three there is because for whatever reason, People don't think these things are necessary. And Max and I look back, like, what are the things that we waste the most time on? It's asking people, where are you? Why aren't you prospecting? You know, um, why, you know, why do you think you don't need to be at this team training? Like, it's crazy to me, right? So that's just like the bare minimum. And after that, they have to take a profile test, which we use predictive index. There's a handful. That's what we use. And then based off the predictive index, we're, we'll see if this guy is a person that's worthy of coming in for an interview. I should also add in our job form, we also have a link. We asked them to put in the link for their Instagram and Facebook because it's hard to stalk people effectively, right? I could find Gonzalo Corzo. I can find Dominic Felix. But if I have a Jose Rivera, which is not an uncommon name in Phoenix, like <laughs> I'm not finding that guy. And so uh, we actually have asked them to put their profile so we can you know, look them up uh, before they even come. Then after that, we bring them in for an interview. Uh, we used to book uh, Who by Jeff Smart as, as just a simple template. We barely modify that interview. Um, one thing we add in there uh, for our salespeople is we'll say, you know, this interview is not going very really well. And just kind of see how they respond to that. Because if they're salespeople, they should be able to handle that. Because sellers punch you in the mouth all day in a meeting, right? So you just want to see how, how they deal with adversity. Um, and I'll use it if the meeting is going well. If the meeting is not going well, I mean, it's not a good candidate. We're not even going to do that. But if it's a good candidate, we'll, we'll bring that out. Um, so if it's a good candidate, you tell them it's not going well. Yeah. Nice. Just to see how they deal with adversity. Okay. Um, and so then, if they're I'll, a bad candidate, do you say that they are doing well? No, we don't say anything. I mean, we're just trying to get the meeting over. Gotcha. Um, so you said who by Jeff Smart? Yep. Jeff Smart. S-M-A-R-T. And then after that, we do uh, we do the the live live uh, interview, right, where they have to go in and cold call, because everyone sounds good. We're well, not everyone, but a lot of people sound really good in the interview. Yeah. But when it comes time to hustle, see what they really got. I didn't think it's, it's an amazing hack. Um, when we implemented that in our interview process, that kind of changed the game for us. People that yeah. interview well fall can fall apart on the phone. It happened yesterday. Alex came out with that chick, and he was like, dude, she's great. I'm throwing her on the dialer. 
Then I asked Alex like 10 minutes later, how was the trick? He was like, dude, she's out. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But you either have it or you don't. Like we can coach you, but you got to have a little bit of metal. You got to have a little bit of, of guts. So in I'm intrigued to hear if you don't mind sharing like what your team looks like, because like here you say they have to prospect for three hours and then they have to, um, the trainings and meetings are mandatory. So like, are you building your wholesale team, like agents, meaning yeah. they, they manage their own business? They like, No, they don't manage their own business. So the three hours really, no one continues to, to prospect for three hours a day. We just want people that actually have the ability to do it. And so when we say you have to do it, like it's not a big deal. So that's really just in the first like 30 to 90 days. Right, right. right? Well, the, After, the only reason I say that is because like my employees are like full-time employees. Mm -hmm. So like they don't have an option to not go to the meeting or to the training. Um, right. It's just, it's just. It's just the way it is, right? But how many people have you had? You're like, dude, like where are you? Like wh why don't you understand this is mandatory? So we have it there just to filter out and set the I expectations up front. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then I want to add something else that, because Dominic mentioned earlier, you know, the assembly line thing. So there's a book, uh, Entrepreneurial Myth, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Yep. And I read that book and I loved that book. And then for me, that book kind of became like Christopher Columbus. Like, you know, in school, like you learn that like Christopher Columbus was like this guy who came to America and discovered America. And then in college, you find out that guy was a savage and he killed a lot of people. Right. right? So like you got like the heroes and then you got like, well, actually, was he that heroic? So E-Myth for me was an incredible book, but we don't run our business on an E-Myth um, process, right? We don't have interchangeable people. We don't have, uh, you know, pimple faced teenagers that can step in and out. And so we hire superstars that can solve problems in every seat. So in every role and every position in the company, you got to be a superstar, not minimum wage, not low wage. We want killers in every seat. So. That was something that I learned much, much, much later in the game. And that's why we have eight players only. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel, feel like, like that's what we're going through, right? That's what we're going through in the business is um, just there are some roles. They're like, hey, I don't really need this caliber of a person to do this role. And then if they did have a higher caliber, it doesn't matter if you're overpaying for that role. It's just way easier, less of a headache. You can sleep better at night knowing yep. that you don't have to constantly be tracking this person yeah um, and then we realized inside of going through that phase that we were tripping over dollars you're really doing a lot better with great people rather than mm -hmm. being impressed with yourself to have an eight to ten dollar an hour employee maybe they have closed the deal but they're probably not really a closer right and i and i think you kind of see this argument kind of go you see on social media right like virtual assistant for a lead manager or in-house for a lead manager and there's good arguments for both because you could have a virtual assistant be a good lead manager right but what could it be if you had a closer as a lead manager so what, what does your model look like in your business like the positions so right now we got like today because we've hired a few people recently so today max is still talking to the sellers he's still our closer Right. Uh, so we had a couple of acquisition guys. We moved them. We moved them to lead managers. Mm. Um, Dude, we just did the same thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So we got two guys, uh, and one of those two guys, uh, we're putting him also as a um, creative person. So 
Um, if we get a situation that kind of falls apart, he comes in and, and presents the creative options. Uh, we got Ryan, he's our integrator and he is, I mean, everything you want in an ops guy, literally he will come in from 5 AM to 7 PM. He'll work weekends. Um, and he's constantly learning. He's never satisfied, you know, so he's, um, is he he's, more he, like maybe a project system CRM builder, or is he more of an operational uh, phones person putting out the fires? And he not putting out fires. No, not putting out fires. He's really more of like, here are the things we want to implement and execute. Okay. And he makes sure it gets done. And it's not necessarily him doing that. We've got the VAs, we've got the vendors that we work with, you know, service providers, but he's making sure like, here are the things that we want done. And then they get done. So, for example, we have, like you know, COO level. Yeah, COO level. Yep. Okay. Uh, so we have our weekly level 10 meetings and we have our to do items like they just get done. Right. So, like, we have a meeting. This is what we want done by next week. And it just gets done. That's um, we have a transaction coordinator. So she just started with us um, two, three weeks ago. We pay her flat 450 per file. Um, and then we got, uh, we just brought in a new guy whose who's sole job is just to make friends. So he can be talking to attorneys, title people, new wholesalers, realtors, whatever. And he's just going to be our JV guy. He's just going to find opportunity. And I guess he's only been with us for a week. And I guess Max is saying that he's got, he's working on two possible deals. And who knows where he goes, right? But yeah, we're, we're doing two JV deals with you. Or yeah, we are. Max. Yeah. It's awesome. I think, one, I think one closed today. Yep. Yeah. Close and today. We made collectively 15,000 and the second deal on Anthony, I think we locked it up for 60 and I think Max has it sold at 88. Okay. I didn't know about that one. I know that we got one that we're splitting 15. Yep. Yeah. The other one, I don't, I, yeah, I think it is executed by your guys's buyer. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're having a problem with a squatter or something like that. We're trying to work it out on the seller's side. So yep. yeah, super interesting, but like there's a lot of similarities in our businesses. Um, yeah, we have a person that operates JVs all day long as well. I think it's very lucrative. It gives us a chance to help other people make money in ways that they wouldn't have been able to make on their own, which is amazing. Right. Um, but what's really, really interesting is, I mean, I can go in 20 different real estate investor offices and everyone's got their businesses mapped out in entirely different ways. And which, all of them can do extremely, extremely well. Which goes back to the thing why I got disillusioned about E-Myth. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because all these different teams you're walking into, they got rock stars. So right. they can adjust on the fly. Right. So you said that you got a JV guy. Anybody else after that? That's it. That's okay. it. And then you guys, because I know I see Max posting a lot and he's just like, yo, if you got a deal that we can partner up on, we'll take it down. We'll, you know, do, like, mm -hmm. we'll tail it, yep. uh, we'll close on it, sell in the retail market. So are you guys doing more of that than wholesales or flips? Like what, what do you, what all do you guys do? We're doing more wholesales than flips. Um, okay. And the reason why, and maybe this is not a good reason, but I mean, we're not properly staffed for flipping. Yep. So uh, we can, I mean, I got cheap money. You know, I got super cheap capital and we have, you know, one GC. Look it up, bro. Look it up. She's not big enough. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just one private individual. I got you. Uh, I got but 
you know, for those of you guys out there, you know, looking for terms, the things that have really helped us uh, on the flipping side is, you know, we pay, we get 100% financing. Uh, they pay all closing costs uh, and rehab. And then we pay no points, no down payment and no payments. So it's like, it's from when it's borrowed to when it's closed. And we get the rehab funds up front. So like, we don't have to go back and get additional funds. It's just, it's withdrawn at one point. Pay another point and interest is just prorated throughout for 10%. It sounds like the only way you can get a deal better than that is if there was also no interest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what would you say in your real estate investment business is your guys' biggest challenge right now? Uh, our biggest challenge, I think, is like everybody else. It's uh, it's the people. So we've got a lot better, you know, but it, it's just consistently uh uh, the people because you got people that come and go like you guys experience yeah. um and then every time someone comes in you got to retrain them and our process is not it's it's built out is documented but it still takes time to get up to speed you know like the first two months we work with somebody like the, you don't get that much out of them you get activity but you don't get results right um so i would say that's probably the biggest challenge um you know i think a lot of people right now they've given up on sms or, or they're, they're seeing SMS kind of go down. We stopped doing that back in November. So, you know, that's not fun. You know, I still remember back in the day, it was $400 a deal, right? Like a few years ago, it's not that way anymore. Um, so what are you guys doing? Cold calling? Uh, cold calling, direct mail. We just launched TV in Oklahoma City uh, yesterday. And looks like we got, you know, one buy opportunity today. Got a property we don't know how to comp. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's got one opportunity. We'll see where that goes. So you guys are in OKC? Yeah, we literally started yesterday. Nice, nice. Well, let me know, man, because I got, I got big buyers over there. You know what's funny? The, 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 the biggest impetus, the reason why I'm doing it is I need to get my taxes down. So I'm just looking for places where I can burr. And so, oh, okay, okay. so I'm like, OK, I got someone I know that I, I trust to run the TV ads. I know I got someone I can trust on the ground over there. And if I can buy some properties for 80 and burn it out or, and rehab, refi out at 130 so I can get my taxes down. And you guys probably have similar concerns as well. But I, I paid a tax bill last year and I'm going to pay again this year. It's just wrong. You have to buy a few more Teslas, Steve. It's not the Teslas. Teslas won't, enough Teslas won't fix it. No, we need more real <laughs> estate. I hear you, man. Um, so you say cold calling, direct mail TV, uh, Max did refer a direct mail program that we're going to start using and that's launching next month. So thanks mm -hmm. for the referral on that. But what would you say is, is your main lead approach? The one that provides the most for you guys? Uh, at this moment, cold call is back in the front. Like cold call got kind of frustrating because, you know, and we fired all, all the cold callers, um, about a month, month and a half ago. And we put our... And we put a lot of those uh, lead managers, you know, on the phones for a bit. We've hired some new cold callers since uh, through a third party, uh, but it's still looking like cold caller is the winner. I don't know why it's still the winner, but it is. Hmm. I love you would think at this point with how much we've talked about cold calling, like it would kind of go away. Right. And especially with, you know, the, the trace act and everything else, but it's still the winner. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause sometimes like, 
I'll talk to sellers, you know, they come in for closings or whatever, and then I get to talking to them, and they're like, man, how do you guys find, you know, find my information? You know, like, I'm getting calls all the time. I'm like, yeah, you're probably getting a couple calls a day, right? And they're just like, no. Everybody has, every seller I've asked has never said they get multiple calls a day. They just said, no, I probably get one a week, you know. And I'm thinking like, dude, you should be getting blown up. Like the we're big, just like you are a big preacher on cold calling. We're big, especially in Jacksonville. You know, we tell everybody, yeah, we're cold calling, we're cold mm-hmm. calling. And I'm just always taken away by like the seller saying, no, I don't, I don't get that much. You know, I'm, I might get a call a week or something like that. That's and crazy. Like, man, these people should be getting blown up every that single. Means day. we're not doing enough, man. I know. Not all you guys not doing enough. Game. Maybe don't share your skip tracing service. Maybe right. you're you just got a better skip tracing service. Oh, that's oh true. yeah, that's yeah. True. We feel we've got a good one. So, um, yeah. So cold callings back at the front is direct mail serving you guys well? Uh, direct mail is kind of goes off and on. You know, um, we did. I think we did eighty k our first month in direct mail. Um, and then it slowed down. And then Max told me this morning we got a deal um, that I think we're going to probably do another eighty k. So. Okay. And how um, much are you spending about? Ten k a month. Yeah, but you know, I think we're like five k. Yeah, five k a month. You get kind of frustrated. It's nothing, 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 right? But then it's an eighty k pop. Like, then you feel like a jerk, right? For like complaining. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, what we're doing is because we've worked multiple markets, we've closed tons of deals in other markets, um, but we don't do anywhere near as great as we do here in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're kind of doing trying to focus as much as possible to just have an omnipresent marketing approach to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get the lead flow up with other lead approaches is is a challenge, right? They, they slowly trickle in and we don't want, you know, worthless leads coming in that aren't really going to sell. So it's like, we right. need the, the quality at a certain level. Um, we're going to add in direct mail. Uh, we still do well with texting. Cold calling has been by far uh, over ninety percent of our of our lead flow. Yeah. Uh, oh, I should add. Ninety percent of our deal flow is from cold calling. I should add. We're also doing pay per click. Okay. Got it. Got it. So that's the challenge with just uh, the lead approach in in one market, but we're, we're still in one market, and the JVs are working well. And um, it's just kind of interesting. A lot of people find value in the same things that we're looking into. It kind of gives us that confidence that we're. Yeah, you know, we're on the right path. So, so you're mainly awesome. doing wholesale deals. Um, are you guys doing a lot of wholesale deals? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, not a whole lot. And, you know, for us, if we can make a quick 50 or like a slow, you know, 70, I don't know. I'd just rather have the quick 50 and not have to deal with the contractors. Mm. And that's kind of where we're at. And are we leaving money on the table? Absolutely. But we don't have to deal with contractors. And hell, like we just expanded our office and we're trying to get contractors come in, like just give us a bid on just adding, (laughs) adding space, like not adding space, build out another classroom. It's like the babysitting in that world. I just don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather, again, I'd rather just wholesale. So not a lot of wholesales, mm-hmm. not a lot of flips, just wholesale, wholesale, wholesale. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Um, 
are you are you guys like are you seeing it slow down a little bit in your market or is it just still super hot um i think it's still super hot and we're kind of picking it back up and you know we had a little bit of a lull as we transitioned away from texting um but you know like i was actually in the over there and i say over there right because they're in the other they're in the new suite uh next door that we absorbed and i was looking at the board like holy crap we've got eight right now like you guys didn't tell me this you know so we got we just and i think we, we signed two more this morning so i would say we're doing pretty good at the moment but because we got the right people right the right rock stars yeah. uh, the right people in place so uh we're not slowing down we're speeding up um and it seems like everyone for whatever reason continues to do well i think what we're seeing probably more of is like the people that have good systems and operations are doing more and like if you're trying to do you know multiple deals by yourself it's really hard right now because you need to have really good systems really good processes really good data really good skip tracing. like you got so many things you gotta have working well oh i forgot to mention you're asking about the operation we got uh three vas in the philippines that are all just dealing with the data all they're doing is just looking at data and then we got uh two uh co-callers uh that we use from a third party and i think we just hired two more from them because we've been pretty happy with the results uh this week awesome so when you say three vas working with data do you mind divulging what are they doing um yeah i mean between uh pulling the data from the different pro providers skip tracing it parsing it making sure it's in salesforce we just moved everything to salesforce um sourcing it breaking down the leads um you know when we're looking at the reports it's getting better you know we're kind of like we're just transitioning crms from podio to salesforce they're helping us making sure that everything is not seamless but you know it's it's happening too so right because we talk about that all the time what made you made the the switch because we're always like dude we're just in too deep you know we're we're, we're in too deep with podio and you know let's just continue to pimp out podio and add automations or whatever mm -hmm. um two questions what made you make that switch and then how how do you like salesforce um well salesforce is the 800 pound gorilla right i mean there's a reason why they're number one so they're the biggest in the industry um why we made the switch um the reason why we never did salesforce to begin with is because of the cost yep. right it's expensive and then i found out you can get it for five thousand dollars and fifty dollars a month per user so okay it's no longer the cost and in fact that price is so low for me that i think that we have to do it um the complaints we have within the organization is um you know some of the leads in podio like it can get kind of fickle and like leads can get lost you know so like if you didn't tag something correctly if you didn't disposition it correctly what's the proper protocol for bringing that lead back to life and i don't know because i've never actually been in podio Right. Max gotcha. always ran it. Uh, but it's something I hear all the time. It's like, hey, you know, uh, something happened. I didn't write the right notes or write the right tag. And then three months later, it's like, oh, crap, that lead. And then oh, it sold to somebody else. And so for us, we're never going to lose a lead again because it literally can't move without you actively moving it within Salesforce. Um, and then for me, the reporting, you know, Casey Ryan, if you've ever seen his setup with Plecto, it's absolutely gorgeous you know it's sexy and like everyone kind of has like you know you know um part language part of my language but everyone has a hard on when they see his plecto right <laughs> um salesforce but now we got salesforce it's built in 
So now we have a Plectolex setup within Salesforce that we don't have to pay anymore for. Gotcha. So we're, we don't have a setup yet, but we're going to get, yeah, we're going to have a display, average call response time or lead response time. Like here's how long it's going from lead to contact. We're going to see that. We're going to see who's doing the dials, who's got the highest fee, who's got the highest average fee. Like we can document all that and that can all be on the dashboard for the whole office to see. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds amazing. <clears throat> so what is, I mean, that's a, is there anything else on the CRM topic that was on your mind before I asked the next question? No, I just, uh, Oh, how was the transition? Yeah, Difficult. How was the transition? Okay. Difficult. So everyone that I've talked to as far as making the transition, it was way harder than they expected, but it was worth it. So it's just that 10 X rule, right? We learned from Grant Cardone. Everything's way harder than you expect. So the transition, it, it seems like it should happen in a month. Everyone takes about three months to transition. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's pushing me even further away, potentially. They made the switch to, yeah, the biggest real estate investment company here in Jacksonville. They do tons of development. Who's they that? recently switched to Salesforce uh, JWB, well. Jacksonville Wealth Builders. Mm. They're a turnkey provider. Gotcha. Yeah, they're, they uh, they do, what, 700 deals a year? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a monster. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's no, like the whole thing with drugs, right? I mean, everyone's doing it, so... <laughs> We're doing it too. Yeah, I mean, it's probably worth looking into for sure. But um, back to the the team building and the hiring, um, we have a, a decent idea of how your team is built out. So what's going to be your next uh, or the, the next team member that you would like to add to the team? Uh, we're talked about adding another relationship person. Um, you know, maybe implementing mom's house. We have Philip Vincent on the show, someone to, to execute mom's house for us. What's uh, mom's, house? mom's house is basically going to all the places where they're talking about like incontinence or hip surgery or whatever, where all the old people go before they move into assisted living. Mm. And that person's responsibility is just to make friends with all the service providers in that <clears throat> industry, because person that's talking about hip replacement is probably going to talk to that person about moving to assisted living before we, you and I would call them. So just having a referral network, everyone is talking to old people, but hey, maybe you should consider selling your property, right? So that is something that we're looking at. And again, that's mom's house of Philip Vincent. Uh, so we're thinking about hiring a person to fill that role. Uh, but the other thing really is, honestly, right now we're going really, really hard on social media. You guys can already see it, uh, but everything you see on social media now, we want to five exit, 10 exit in the next 12 months. So. Gotcha. You're going to see more of Max <clears throat> talking about deals that we're doing, how we found it, what, the, what was important to the seller, um, you know, what we sold it for. We're going to talk about uh, here's how much the private money lender made on it. We're going to talk about here's what the buyer bought it for. Here's what they flipped it for. You know, we're just going to do a lot more media to get a more JV deals, B more buyers, C more money. Um, and uh, more uh, team members. So we're going to go hard on media. Question because you guys, I, I feel like you guys do a great job on social media. We follow you. We have been following you guys for a long time. Do any of your team members come from your following? Um, Ryan Overcash, our, our, our uh, integrator. Yeah, him. Um, our two newest people came from Indeed, which I'm kind of shocked. Um, Jesse came from Instagram. Um, Artie, I think Artie came from Indeed as well. Um, but so not as many as I would have thought, 
um, the person that's running our social media team, I brought him in and he's not part of Max Cash Office, he's part of Disruptors Media. Um, he came Ooh. from a meetup. Okay. Yeah. So the, and now he's in charge of our, our entire social media marketing agency. Wow. So let's get into that. Like you have a lot going on, right? Um, mm -hmm. You own multiple businesses. You know, you go to stevetrain.com. You talk about this timeline. You started this, this timeline, you started that. So you have a brokerage, a title company, an app, a yeah. wholesale company, um, a podcast. You're doing coaching, training events. Like you just did a class this weekend. Yep. Um, how are you like managing all that? Number one, like just so everybody knows, can you just tell us everything that you're involved in? And yeah. then how the hell do you manage everything? Uh, yeah. So we started, I started as a realtor, uh, opened the brokerage. I uh, had a friend uh, who's the number one female loan officer in the country. She says, Hey, just so you know, running a brokerage, you're not gonna make any money. So you should um, do a JV with me and you should start a title company. So I started JV with her and I started a title company. I don't put that on the, on the website cause don't want to get any kind of additional trouble. Don't need any more bullseyes on my back. So we got a JV and a mortgage company and then a title company. And then um, I always knew I wanted a wholesale investment arm and that's why I wanted Max. Uh, but I didn't want to do that without, without the right person. Mm. And so I think the long answer to your question is you have to have the right people. So I have one person who's she's responsible for uh, kind of she's my right hand person. She kind of oversees all the operations. Like if I need something, she's my super, super woman. Uh, but she also runs the brokerage and the title company. Uh, Max and Ryan, they run the wholesale slash flip uh, i got larry he runs the the podcast um and then um the education part um and that's pretty much it but i think the big the big thing is comes down to superstars everyone is is a a player they can they do um no oh, i should add i also have one other person lisa who helps with the brokerage uh, but every person that we have within the organization, like if they, if any of them quit tomorrow, they're like, Steve, I've had it, I'm out. It's not me, like, how do I go find another rock star? I was like, I gotta bring in two people to stop the bleeding. Right. Right, because they are, they're, they're doing more than one person's job. They're so talented that they can, they're, they're basically getting, they're doing double or triple the work that most people can do. So. Yeah. I want to follow up with, with a question about all of the relationships that you have, because operating in a partnership, it's not as easy as some people might think it is, right? It's an right. additional marriage, especially if you're already married, like you are, like I am, like yeah. he is. It's an additional marriage, so to speak. I married Dom before I got really married. This is true. <laughs> this is true. So it's it's a challenge, but a lot of people opt to do it. And there's those that preach that a partnership is not right for most people. So mm -hmm. how do you feel? I'm one of those that? people. Um, so I generally preach against partnerships, right? Unless it makes total sense. And so <clears throat> the expectations that were set when Max and I partner was really like, hey, look, I'm going to fund this. Whatever you need, bodies, money, whatever. Right? I've got the relationships. I've got the experience. And I can make this happen. But you're running it. And so like when we were partnering up back in 18 and in, up until uh, we promoted Ryan in December of last year, it was Max's 
baby and he had help, but we didn't have an integrator until December. Right. And so Max was responsible for everything. And I was really just the coach or the support, but if we needed anything, right. I, I could pay for it because, you know, I've got my background and then, um, you know, with other, with other businesses, I have experience running other businesses. So I can, you know, I was like, here's the right person to hire. Here's what they should be responsible for. Here's all the tools that we need and so on. So, um, that was a partnership that made sense for max. And I think that if you found a partnership that it made sense for both parties where it just made natural sense, then it's good, but it's really hard to find a good partner, someone that wants to go, I mean, oftentimes harder than you want to go, right? You got to have two people that are, our drivers and Max is like, he's the ultimate driver. Got it. Got it. But you have uh, five or six Maxes. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I got, and each person, um, like the first one I have summer, like she was, I didn't know what I was doing when I hired her. Right. When I hired her back in 16, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I did, but I didn't. Right. It wasn't until much later that I got better as a leader better as a recruiter, better as a hiring process. So, um, so since Max, um, so Larry came in in 2020, um, Lisa came in before. So Lisa is also someone I hired who, when I didn't know what I was doing, I was not as great a leader, uh, but Ryan, Larry, another Steve, everyone else that we hired is just with the right hiring process. And that all came, I think, uh, back in 2019, I went through uh, a training on leadership and that helps me a lot. Wow. Maybe 2018. What, what would you say biggest two takeaways on leadership? Um, so first thing is, um, and this, is, this should sound obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me initially, is the team can only go as far as the leader can lead it, but the leader can only go as far as the team can take him or her, right? Mm -hmm. So A, you need to be an incredible leader but B, you need to have great people because imagine like if you're the leader as a speedboat and one of your guys is a battleship, like you can, you have to slow down and wait for them. Right. right, right. Uh, so I think that's the first thing. And second, I, I think leadership is the single most valuable skill you can have as a business owner. I, I preach sales. I teach sales. Um, and I think that's an important skill that we all need, but leadership is the most important skill. I believe in, in uh, today, if you're gonna have an organization, because if people don't see it as a vehicle to their success, they're gonna leave you. And that's that thing I said earlier, right? Like um, they, will, they, they will do what's best for themselves. Your job as a leader is to make working with you the best job, the best thing for them. Yeah, that's a huge golden nugget for anyone <clears throat> that wants to build a team or that wants to add their first hire or team members to their organization. Um, like, think about how, how awesome for all of the companies. No, I'm awful. I'm, I, I, I think everyone's awesome. So, no, I'm not a good person to hire. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I just see the best in everybody. Um, is your partner in each of the businesses the people that are in charge of hiring? So, we have um, one person who I hired, and that's what the, the other Steve mentioned earlier, his full-time job is recruiting. So we actually hired somebody whose job is organizations? to hire, okay. yeah. Mm. Yeah, so his job is to post the ads, uh, screen them, uh, do the initial uh, do the initial screen, and then uh, for the interview, each of the different companies will interview for that individual. 
but his job is to a get the job description from us because as business owners we're really crappy at giving good job descriptions um so his first thing is to get a job description and then from the job description we create a profile what we're looking for in a predictive index kind of like you know how much of a driver versus collaborator um how, how much steadiness uh, how do we want a flexible person or do we want a precise person like all these things kind of go into the the, the role uh for the person that we hire and so then he creates the ads on indeed um he creates the jot form he creates the, uh, the predictive index profile that they have to take and if they all pass all those things then he screens them and then they pass the screen then it's up to the business leader to to interview the candidate interesting so how does that funnel typically look because it's you know it's not always easy getting a lot of applicants to apply for a job ad especially right now what's that especially right now especially right now yeah so it's almost like getting a seller lead in a way i mean absolutely i mean it's a funnel like everything else it's it's a funnel we got to bring as many leads into it as possible and then the more leads we get the more refined candidates we get, but we got to get those. So, um, you know, I don't know how much to spend on it. And indeed, I don't think we spent a lot, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month to, to get the applicants. So indeed is your primary source, would you say? Right now, uh, we just recorded a video yesterday to start pushing more, leveraging our social media to get more applicants because we never say we're hiring, but we recorded a video yesterday to say we're hiring, see where that goes. Got it. Got it. Good luck with that. Yeah. Dude, so uh, you got trainings going on. You mm-hmm. recently picked up a lot more in education, right? Yep. Um, so how is that going? And then like you're, um, I saw that you did like a, like a sales training for Collective Genius, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like is sales training what you want to dig into? Yeah. So there's two things I've totally geeked out on, uh, which, you know, so I love cash geeks. Uh, the two things I've totally geeked out on is entrepreneurship, which includes leadership. Right. Uh, and the other thing is sales. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why I love sales so much is because I sucked at it most of my career. I was awful at it. You know, like it really is a miracle. I made it this far. So even though I was stealing all of Sean Terry's stuff, I was getting my butt beat by his team. Right. <laughs> because it was me versus Rafael Cortez. Raphael's winning those appointments because Raphael was uh, Sean's acquisition guy. Mm. Um, and so like I was doing deals, but it was only because I was willing to spend a lot of money on marketing. But like I said, I was really bad at sales. And so I geeked out on it and um, there's so much psychology behind it. And I think it's just kind of like the engineer in me. I want to understand everything at a deep level. So I've gone really deep into it. And, and, and as I've gone deeper into it and as I've trained more and more people, um, it's helping me become a better trainer. So it, it's kind of, um, uh, it's a, uh, a feedback loop, right? So the more people I train, the better I get as a trainer, get better at the content, which provides more value to people I'm teaching. Right. So do you feel like you're training up future JV deals? Um, no, not really. Um, that would make sense, but no, I think because we're not, selling the people in the program you know i've seen other people in the education space where they end up jving with their students which is fantastic i think it's smart uh but i don't know i'm really terrible at marketing myself gotcha. like 
I do all the content out there, which, you know, naturally leads to business, but I've never been one like, Hey guys, send me deals. Right. So I think there could be opportunities, but I don't push it. So do you just have people blowing you up every day? Like, yo, teach me, teach me sales. I do get people that ask me to teach them sales and then I just send them to the, to the course. Well, I'll DM them. What, what, what do you send them to? So I ask them how many deals they've done and ask them how many deals they've done. I ask them what they're trying to accomplish. And if it looks like someone that could be a mentorship person, then I'll direct them to the mentorship um, funnel. Um, if it's someone that's never done a deal, then I send them to the, the sales training course. And the reason why is, and I think you guys recognize this, the gap to do your first deal is huge like that that mental hurdle to do your first deal is massive and it's not that i don't want to teach someone it's just there's a lot of um undoing um the the mental limitations the limiting beliefs the do i deserve this um how do i deal with you know and it's a lot of emotional personal stuff that i can't spend enough time to sell, to save everybody. I, I hope one day I can on a larger platform and a larger scale, but on a, on a mentorship, I can't help enough of those people. Uh, but the person has done one deal or five deals or 10 deals or a hundred deals. I can very quickly systematically show them how to double, triple their business in the next 12 months with just a few tweaks. Mm. So that's where we spend most of our time on. That's someone that we put in the mentorship side. Someone that's never done a deal. We send them to the to the sales training side because maybe they just need to get a little bit better at sales to close their deals. But if it's something else, as far as mental uh, uh, mental trash, head trash, I, I can't unfortunately help everybody with that. I have a, a quick general question for you. For those people yep. that are trying to get their first deal, um, and this is uh, just a general blanket question, um, what's a sales tip or one or two things that you can tell them as far as how they approach or negotiate that deal that would help them to get that first deal? To get the first deal, I think the big thing is you got to act like you don't need the deal. Um, you know, you go in there, seek to serve, seek to understand. If you walk into a homeowner's house and genuinely care about them and genuinely want to help them, they're more likely to work with you. And a lot of our sales process evolves around a lot of that. Uh, but I think the first and foremost, you got to check to make sure what it's, it's right in your heart. Because if you don't have, if, it's, if you're not right in your heart and you're just trying to buy people's houses and make a bunch of offers, which it works, you can be very transactional and you can get tired. It's gonna be exhausting, right? But the money is good in this business. It's incredible but there's a lot more soulful fulfillment in helping people, helping someone out of a bad spot where they say, thank you, you're my savior, you helped me out, right? I can't thank you enough, God bless you. You know, I'm so glad God sent me your way. You hear these things from people's houses that you buy, right? 100%. But you don't hear that when you're doing like a listing appointment. Right. <laughs> That's or any of other stuff. So much for charging today. Dude, a lady today told me to call my parents and thank them for how well they raised me. Yeah. 
mom. She was like, please call your mom and dad and tell them that they did a great job. Awesome. <laughs> and I hope you did to let your parents know. Yeah. Um, but so again, you, you come from a place of service, a heart of a servant and genuinely try to understand their situation and genuinely try to help. You'll get a lot further than we teach a lot of tactics, but the tactics don't matter if you don't have a good heart. So how do you, how do you teach that? Or is it just, you don't teach that you just find that like um, by the people that are right for wholesaling. Um, I think, um, how, how can you teach that? I think the only way you can teach some of that is to have like a, a daily gratitude. Mm. Um, you know, just being grateful. Um, you know, like there was a time not that long ago, I can't remember how long it was, but we're like, you know, all these one percenters on wall street, this and that. Right. And it's really easy to look at Wall Street's like, you know, those are the haves and we are the have nots and so on. But all of us in America are one percenters because our lives are way better than the rest of the world. Right. And so I think if you come with a heart of gratitude, if you come with a sense of gratitude, be grateful for what you got, you know, be thankful every day. I think it's easier to come with a heart of, of, ser of service versus like, I'm going to stomp this homeowner and take all his equity. Right. Which you hear other people say. Right. Yeah, it's really common in this. So what is, to have that kind how of, do you find that happy medium? Because that's always a challenge, right? Of, hey, I want to help this person out, but you're talking about a quick 50 grand. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to make a quick 50 grand on this deal instead of making 70 grand. Like, yeah. Because I find myself all the time like, yeah, I want to help this lady out, but I know she'll take 60 grand. Could I yep. give her 70 and make 30 instead of 40? Sure. But so for us, it's always about figuring out what they need and what they want, right? It's like, you know, because I was like, how much do you need? Like in your situation, how much do you need from this home? Or how much, you know, after every, all your bills are paid, how much do you need to walk away from all this to take care of, to live closer to your grandkid or to get current or to buy this car or whatever it is? You know, how much do you need? Okay, we can do that, right? Then it's just, it, I don't come in with like... um you know, this house is worth 200,000. I'm going to offer her 50. Um, but I do come in and they're like, Hey, you know, I need 50,000. If you can give me 50,000, I can walk away from this as happy as can be. Then we'll buy it for 50. But it has to be a situation where she needs 50 and that can, and she can do whatever she wants with it. Um, so gotcha. we don't offer more and I want to offer more. I genuinely want to offer more. But for whatever reason, it seems like whenever we do that, we hurt ourselves more. And then the seller is like suspicious after that. Right. It's this weird psychology. So it's like, yeah, I want 50. It's like, well, I want to offer you 100. Then you got this thing, like, is this too good to be true? What's the catch? This and that. And it gets overly complicated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it sounds ridiculous. If, you've not, if you're not in this business, it sounds totally absurd. But I've experienced this where you want to pay someone more than they ask, and it just complicates the whole thing. Oh, we stopped doing this. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking to. I got an offer yesterday for you know 65. Oh well, I'll give you 67. Hmm. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. No. No. Um. So, so would you say that your main focus or Max's main focus when negotiating with sellers is trying to get their price? A big part of our process. Well, not a big part of our process, but a big part as far as negotiations go, is figuring out what they want. Okay. 
You know, I mean, I, I hear Max say on the phone, and it's funny to me that he says it so early because we're—it's not what we preach, but I mean, he'll ask them. He just kind of throws it out there. Oh, you know, how much were you looking to walk away with? And they'll say, "It's like okay," and then we know, right? Generally, how much they owe, and then okay, now we have an idea of what offer range we're looking at. And it's not like how much do you want for your house. It's like you know, how much were you looking to walk away with? And you just take that, add to what they owe on it, and now you know pretty much what number they're looking for. So question in, in the whole, you know, getting the price. So if they say, you know, Hey, I looking to walk away with like 30 grand, you know, I owe about one thirty, Um, and that numbers, you know, like, do you just not negotiate that number? If the, if it's a number that makes sense for us, we won't negotiate, but we'll struggle. You know, Max's go-to thing is uh, sizzling bacon. You, you might saw me post that on Instagram last week, like 160,000. <laughs> I don't sizzle bacon. I just, I just always like, right. I do struggle, but you know, we can do that. If, we, if I can give you $160,000, you know, what happens next? I know like, we'll all sign the contracts. So okay. You know, only if you're comfortable, but we never like hundred sixty thousand done. Then that opens up a whole other Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. got it. Great points. Great points. Well, it seven o'clock comes super quick. Jeez. And Steve's time is valuable, so we're at the tail end of this thing. Steve, if you don't mind, please share with everyone that's watching. How can they reach out to you? Should they need to? Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram at uh, Steve Trang, um, or you can catch me on Real Estate Instagram. Disruptors. We go live every Wednesday. 2 p.m. Arizona, which is 5 p.m. Eastern. So those are the best two ways to get a hold of me. Yeah. And we got our Facebook group. Yeah, and in our opinion, it's one of the best real estate podcasts that's out. We've learned a ton from it. Uh, we enjoy watching it as often as we can. So thank you for providing that to everyone. For me, I know it, it gives is back the a best. lot. Thank you. Yeah. Don't try to one up me. I got to. I got. You. Oh, and really quick, Dom has go, other friends. I don't care about my other friends. He's my only friend, Steve. I, I have one more quick question, Steve. Before yeah. you go, I was curious. Why do you want to create 100 millionaires? Um, I read Think and Grow Rich. That was so rich that poor dad got me into the business. Mm -hmm. Once I got into the business, Think and Grow Rich was the first business book I read. And uh, Andrew Carnegie, they interviewed him and they asked him like you have 18 millionaires that work for you. Like, how did you make that happen? And you got to think, right? This is around the time of the Great Depression. Like nobody's a millionaire. So how do you have 18 millionaires work for you? And he says, you're asking the question in the wrong order. None of these guys are millionaires until they worked for me, right? And so like he was the first dude, like, and he was the richest guy in the world at one point. And the way he became the richest man in the world was by making everyone around him wealthy. So for me, you know, and, and this goes back to another quote I use all the time with Zig Ziglar. You can have anything in life you want so long as you help enough other people get what they want. So if I can create 100 millionaires, which I know we're going to, I am going to have an amazing life. My kids are going to have amazing lives. Everyone that works here underneath us is going to have an amazing life. So it's just one simple metric that if we can do that. I know that we've made a massive impact. You know, you're talking about legacy, uh, you know. Um, I think kind of a lot of us are chasing significance or contribution, you know, like Carnegie's got his libraries. Yep. 
there's a lot if you can do that lots of good things will happen that's amazing great answer anything else you got you no that's awesome man uh so how do people uh like sign up for like your so you have a sales uh program like a course yeah so we got our sales course it's uh disruptors.com slash max max as in max cash offers okay that's our course disruptors.com slash max max yeah that's the best place to get started if they haven't done a deal because the fastest way to close a deal is to convert your existing marketing right you already spent money on marketing you already spent money on skip tracing your cold calling the fastest way to money then at that point is to convert your existing leads i got you i got you um and then for people who are doing deals and want to learn more from you where can they find different kinds of trainings uh so they just go to disruptors.com they can see all the stuff that we do gotcha disruptors.com okay yep nice man awesome perfect well steve dude this was a freaking i can't believe that it's already 704 yep. jesus christ i had so many other questions we can part do a part two in the future soon, guys we can do yeah, a part two yeah. in the future awesome man dude well thank you so much for doing this I, I feel like um i feel like this is this is the biggest biggest dude we've had on yes yes so thank you steve thank you gentlemen thank you for inviting me awesome steve have a great evening you too bye guys see you bud cool we're still live so thank you guys for tuning in as you guys know we will be going live next tuesday at 9 p.m what do we have next tuesday uh i don't know offhand but we do have somebody there you go guys next tuesday we will have somebody live at 9 p.m and they'll be Thanks great What's that? Adrian Salgado. Oh, Adrian, oh, Adrian Salgado. Salgado. Okay, okay. Another sales stud in the real estate investment world, guys. You don't want to miss that. Awesome. Guys, I'm G. And I'm Dom. And this is the Cash Keys Network. Network. Peace.